0: Okay, I have the book.
1: I have my memory from a year and a half ago. I was impressed by that when I realized it's been a year and a half since I went four times, and I still remember every inch of that thing. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. It is. I'll be interested to see if it changed at all in a year and a half. I
0: think it probably did, and I think it's a different order. Yeah, probably. Because when Melinda talked about it, Melinda said that she likes to touch things, and she was able to hold out until she got to the Gryffindor bedroom. And, and Gryffindor for us, was really-
2: that was pretty close.
1: Oh, Gryffindor was, like, right at the beginning for me. So. Yeah, it was
0: right at the beginning for us, too.
2: It was about second or third. We started off with Neville's stuff.
1: Right. I could draw out, like, the outline of how the exhibit went in Chicago. So wow. it was, like, the Gryffindor bedroom was on one side... And then Neville's stuff was on the other, and then that moved into Snape stuff and Lockhart stuff and Umbridge's stuff and a, like, freaking scary clown that I wouldn't go near.
0: So it sounds like it's about the same. Yeah.
1: Well, we have the beginning, sort of,
0: of a video of Ray and Scott and I in front of the Harry Potter I saw the pictures. Yes. Well, we also took video, but it was blowing like yeah. crazy, so it's really windy. Oh, it was outside? Mm. And hard to hear.
2: Yeah, it was the on picture, the walkway, sort of around towards the building that the HP thing was in. We stopped so that the sign on the side of the building would be behind us, and that's where we took the video too. because they have lockers and stuff, and we had to put the cameras in that.
1: Oh, you had to put your cameras away? Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> they got smart.
0: Yeah. I saw people taking pictures with their cell phones. But I also saw the same lady get caught, so that was cool. So I don't know if we need more of an introduction or not. Mm. Oof, here comes Kelly. Is Kelly coming on the podcast. I'm waiting for an answer for Kelly. Well, g my interview was only about 20 minutes long, so either I did really well or I did not do very well at all. I'm not sure now.
2: <laughs> I think mostly it's because I was verbose. Ah,
1: Damn you, Scott, with your big words.
0: Yeah, well,
1: that
2: just... At least I didn't say right prolix. <laughs> What's the matter?
1: I, I have to say, poufwa has increased my vocabulary about tenfold.
0: Just because you know mm-hmm. how to use the word poofwa
1: But, I mean... And I think the, one. Yes, I know how to use it. <laughs> and every time I think of poufwa, I'm like, said skating, like, hee
0: hee 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 Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, Scott, well, you want to go ahead and start us since Kelly hasn't answered me? look, there she is right now. I bet your money. <laughs> she is
1: Mike.
2: all right righty then.
0: Let's see if we can get her in here. Woo!
1: Yes, I uh, I poured a strong rum and coke.
0: I had, this was quite wonderful. Orange juice and pineapple, coconut juice,
1: a little ice cream, a little rum. You have a lot of mixed drinks in your house, too. I noticed that over the years that we've known each other. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) No, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I love the pina
0: colada juice. It's just, you know, coconut juice and pineapple juice. And it was on sale, so I picked them
3: up.
1: I have never had pina colada, so...
3: I have uh, rum and amaretto and a lot of wine and... Did I mention I have a lot of wine? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I have I do. have like the two standards are I have like rum is my pulpa drink because Julia introduced me to Rum and Coke.
0: And we are way off the subject of the Harry Potter exposition.
1: Has Ryan been to the exposition? He yeah. went
0: with Melinda Leo
1: at Death Roll.
3: Oh, that's right.
1: I really wanted to go with you my fifth time, but oh classes. Yeah, well, you probably would
3: have watched me commit murder on the child, so.
1: Hi,
0: Sue here. And I don't know if we mentioned it before, but when Kelly was there, there was a child that was running amok throughout the whole exhibit, and Kelly had a hard time enjoying herself with the child
2: there. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to kill somebody. Yes, I did a needle.
1: A couple of times I wanted to skewer the guards. I'm just like, I know more than you, shut up! <laughs>
2: We didn't have problems with that. There was only the one woman who really talked to us.
1: There was one time that I walked through it like extremely slow, and just took everything in and just really embraced every detail of the exhibit. And they kept coming up to me, you know, to make sure that I wasn't taking pictures. I'm like, I'm not taking pictures. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I just, I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd, and just leave me be. And eventually they did, but at the same time I was like, really? Seriously? Go away! Well, they didn't
0: bother me. Well, there was that one incident. Well, yeah. But we can get to that.
3: Well, you know, I wasn't actually supposed to be doing what I was doing, so.
0: Um, you weren't touching it.
3: No, but I was <laughs> breathing on it quite heavily. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking in the aroma. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I sniffing it. Well, you know, I wanted to see it really close and I wasn't touching it. I do have a story about going to a museum and setting off the alarm and not realizing it. They had an exhibit of turn of the century to 1920s dresses that were restored. And one of the dresses, the entire bodice was seed beads that were very, very finely stitched. And I'm looking at it. Of course, me, not realizing what I was doing, I was looking at it. I, I like, you know, ran my fingers along it. And all the whole time I'm hearing this, and I'm like, what the hell is that? And it was me setting off this proximity alarm. <laughs> one of the people came down. She says, are you the only one down here? I said, I think so. She says, this alarm keeps going off. I'm like, what alarm? She says, well, there's a proximity alarm. I'm like, oh. Um, that was probably me. She says, you didn't do anything. To I said, no, no. I was just looking at it really close. <laughs>
4: she
3: says, okay, because we're afraid that people are going to try to take things off of these dresses. And I said, no, that was me. I was touching it, but I wasn't doing anything to it. She's like, well, don't do it again. I said, okay. <laughs> but she but she kind of, you know, wagged her finger at me like, no, 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 no. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I was clueless. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I don't do that anymore, <laughs> except with Harry Potter. But um, <clears throat> uh, we can get to that.
1: We all did that, I think.
3: Uh yeah. Well, uh, we didn't do it to the extent of Melinda Leo.
0: She was fondling
3: things.
1: Yes, she was.
0: <laughs> I remember that story. We kidnapped mm-hmm. Scott's parents in the car going to the exhibit and made them listen to a special episode four or yep. at least the beginning through Yellowstone.
2: Oh, and God. We didn't end up going through the whole thing and all the discussion, but we were trying to get to Jen's story about Yellowstone. I and there's a lot more lava that underneath before the that than I remembered.
0: Yeah, it takes 30 <laughs> minutes just to get to Yellowstone. And Scott's mom was, no wonder you take so long to edit.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love that story. There's so many favorite lines that are out of that whole story, you know, including the lying down on the ground because under of the bear the, under the lens. <laughs> under under the tripod, and These and are then really
2: stupid people. I have a lot to learn from <laughs> <I> <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> yes,
3: Ryan saying, "Well, at least you you saved your camera." I can't imagine that you took any pictures. And she says, "Oh yeah, I got I got shots of it. It was like." Oh, my God.
0: She's it's like, kind of like saying. Took a picture of the bear? And she's like, yeah, after we went down the hill a little bit. I've got of pictures it's of its nose hair. hair.
3: It's kind yeah. of like people who climb into volcanoes who say, well, there was a problem. There was an accident. There was a rock slide. And I almost fell into the lava pit. You know, I'm like, oh, well, it's a good thing. Oh, well, I got pictures of it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what <Well>, you're hanging <laughs> by your fingernails on the edge of the crater waiting to fall into the molten yeah. lava <laughs>
2: Must hold on. I, oh, that's a good shot. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, so.
2: so, should we actually start?
0: Yes. yes. Scott, <laughs> why don't you start us?
2: For Monday, March 21st, 2011, you are listening to special episode 26 of Horrific Weekly. Welcome to the place where the magic never ends. or the props... The costumes. Or...
4: Oh, yes, the hosts are all the friends. So many stories told by Jen.
2: We'll always laugh before the end. Part of it weekly, where the story never ends. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast on the Harry Potter exhibition. Unfortunately, Ray couldn't be here because we took so very long to get this podcast off the ground and then just randomly decided to do it today. But Sue and I are here, and we also have a couple more people with us.
3: Yay! Hi. Hi. (laughs) Gee, I don't know if anybody knows who I am. No, I'm kidding. Everybody knows who I am. Yeah, no
1: one knows me. I'm just so Some random complaining.
3: We're the Chicago viewers.
1: Chicago. Um,
0: Chicago. And we are the Seattle viewers.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. So they kind of shuffled things around a little bit in the order, but most of the same things should have been there. So we'll try and go through and describe as much as we can. Awesome.
1: It was fun. Oh, my gosh. I want to go 100 more times. <laughs>
2: If we'd actually been better about getting this off the ground more quickly, I would have said, hey, they extended the Seattle in two weeks. You should go. But by the time this gets out, it'll probably still be over anyway. So
3: yeah, well, it's over tomorrow. So, do they announce where it's going next? I have
0: not seen
2: it. I don't think anything. they have.
3: No. Because we have people that are saying, oh, it's going to go to Atlanta. Oh, it's going to go to Dallas. And it, I thought it was. This was the last North American. This was the yeah, last there site. was a
2: press release or something about that. Yeah, but it's to be the site the itself doesn't have a next location yet. So,
3: I mean, I can you know. see it going to like Sydney, Australia, or maybe considering the size of the Brazilian fan base, maybe there mm-hmm. or has something. Has it been to England yet? No. It has not.
1: It was actually, this was all moved around and, like, extremely extended because initially when this first came out, because I was, like, on this way in the beginning when they said, hey, it's coming to Chicago. It was supposed to go Chicago, New York, London, and then that was it.
0: Mm. And it never went to New York, did it?
1: It went to New York right after Chicago. I mean, it went somewhere else. I think Toronto?
3: No, it didn't go to New York. It didn't go to New York.
1: Maybe it didn't go to New York. Mm -hmm. No, Georgia I know. Right no, no, Boston. no. I know it went to New York. The uh group that shall not be named went as a group. They went so to, I, Boston. to
0: Boston. They went to Boston. Because went to Boston. All of them went. It's been a year yeah. and a half. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they went to Boston. <laughs> Hi there, Scott from the future popping in, just to let you know that apparently someone in power changed their mind again, or else we were misinformed the entire time, because now there is a stop happening in New York. For now, though, back to the podcast.
0: So it started in Chicago. A it started um, in Chicago. Oliver
1: and James Phelps opened, opened the... the said, right. And I'm really, really pissed that I couldn't go on that day, I had finals that day. You know me, I love Fred Weasley, (laughs) and I would have (laughs) gone. Especially now that they're no longer redheads, and it's just like, "Mm, I miss you. (laughs) But yeah, it was really exciting to know that it was coming, and try imagining what was going to be a part of it, which sets they were going to include, and the anticipation of it, just wondering what was going to happen. And if I
0: remember correctly, you had the Fort Eglia there. Yes. You did have the,
1: I have pictures of that thing, so... Because we did not.
3: The Ford Aglia was actually in the lobby of the entrance to the museum where you purchased tickets to get into the rest of the museum, and it was one of several advertisements for that exhibit. You had the Aglia and a placard telling you what it was, and it was the pre-beat-up version of the car. It didn't have the holes in it that the Whompy Willow put in it, and it wasn't all dented up and banged up or anything.
1: It was pretty Um, scratched up. It was dirty and...
3: Well, it was dirty and banged up before. It wasn't pristine, Like a used car. Right. And then further into the museum, there were banners that also had Hedwig and the artwork for Harry Potter, the Mm -hmm. exhibition. And they were, you know, 30-foot tall banners that were hanging on the inside of the cupola for the museum. It was actually housed outside the museum in an area that I think had been originally set up and originally occupied by the U-boat, which they have now moved inside. You actually went down the marble steps that used to be the main entrance of the facility through a tented tunnel all the way down to a very large area that had been set up just for that exhibit, which then, and you know, very, very through. quickly
1: before we go to the actual exhibit, a couple of the times I got to talking to the people who would form the groups because... As the summer wore on, less and less people were going to the exhibit because it was midsummer and everyone wanted to be outside. And they actually hired British students or people from Britain who had emigrated over to the United States. And I wanted to know because one of the people had an accent that sounded fake to me. So I was curious, like, are their accents real or fake? And so I got to talking and they talked about how they had a Quidditch League that summer and they were all really into Harry Potter. And I found it so awesome that they got Harry Potter fans from England to be the tour guides. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think our sorting hat girl was actually from the States, but it was very hard to tell. She did really well if she was.
3: I so. went in August So my day at the exhibit was actually the first day of school for the Chicago area public Mm. schools to be in session. So my trip over from where I was staying in Chicago over to the museum was playing dodgeball with the buses Mm. (laughs) on the roads. There were hundreds of them. They were all over the place. There were more foreign tourists than U.S. tourists while I was at the exhibit. It seemed like there were more people who had come in. The locals weren't there.
1: Well, yeah, because a good deal of the colleges started that day. I remember I couldn't go because I, the first day of classes that day.
3: Right. Well, I, public schools all did, too. So.
1: Yeah. Everyone kind of starts on the same day in Chicago. We like uniformity, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I took my family to see it right after Christmas. We went on the 27th of December, and I saw it the first time then, and then I went back again when Scott and his family came. And my excitement was when I was waiting in line because I knew nothing about the audio tours. The lady came up and said, okay, now the first person that shouts out the answer gets to have a free audio tour. And the question was, what was Hermione's middle name? And I remember like waiting and nobody said anything and then I said it. But my brother said, oh, no, I jumped on it so fast nobody had a chance. So.
4: <laughs>
3: Hard to say.
0: But uh, I did win the audio tour. So that was really kind of neat.
1: The audio tour was
3: worth the money. It was. (laughs) Yes. Yeah,
2: Yeah, we got a
1: couple of them. I did it once. It was cool to see the little details of, you know, like when this was used and why, but I knew about 80% of it, so I was kind of like, I guess I was disappointed that there wasn't more for Mm -hmm. the fans. There should have been a fan version and a non fan version, because it was kind of all encompassing for anybody who has ever, like, just randomly stumbled into this exhibit, kind of like, hey, it's popular, might as well go see it, instead of the people who, like, spent the last decade parsing the book for details, you know, looking at every screenshot to see what was going on.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did find the one, I believe she was a costume designer or something of the sort, hard to understand when she had her details about things, but that made it anyway. Just took a little extra concentration, I guess.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I like the. Costumes, I don't think I
2: listened to all of them. There's probably some that I didn't press, but most of them I tried to do. I did. I went back and got the ones that I missed.
1: Yeah, I went through and did every single one just one time. So, do we want to talk about the story? Oh,
2: yeah. So, well, to start the description, the first thing that happens when you go in at least in Seattle, and I don't know whether it was quite the same in Chicago, but I'm sure they had something like it, is they send you through to what they call the Portrait Gallery, which is a bunch of portraits hanging up on the walls, and some of them are painted, and some of them well, are actually God. little
0: we got to start screens. with the
2: sorting. No, the, yeah. the sorting wasn't first. Yes, it was. You yes, it saw was. the Hogwarts Express first.
0: No.
3: No, no. When we went in, we got sorted first. We went through a set of doors, and you saw the posters... For the different movies, yes. and then you saw what looked like train windows, and then they started to move, like you were on the train. And then we didn't
2: have that exactly, but they a very, played a bunch of clips from the films of the train. We didn't have windows so
1: much. We had windows. Well, weird it, windows. it's windows, and then it starts moving, and then you start seeing clips from the movies.
3: Right,
4: mm.
1: and then you hear a
3: train whistle, and then a very bright light shines on you from the left, and you turn, and it's the front of the hogwarts express
1: but i do have to say every time i saw the portraits when i went in my head went all over boyden the remember all and i will miss the train by and the plants pulled by the twins and though
4: it's nowhere
0: i have been i'll keep on smiling from the
1: With them. And I would start, like, humming along to it, and people were looking at me like, you was crazy. It was fun. But the sorting was first in Chicago. I don't
0: know about Seattle. The sorting was first in Seattle.
2: Hmm. I, don't I don't know. I got it mixed up, I guess. I would assume the express comes before you get sorted. But, oh, well. Our lady had an Irish accent mm-hmm. and sorted... I think four different kids. They pick the youngest kids in the crowd to get sorted, usually. Mm-hmm. And Sue, you said it was quite different between the time that we went and the time you went before?
0: When we went the first time, it was kids as well. She asked for a volunteer, and the one little girl raised her hand, and another little girl like hid behind her parents and said, I don't want to, I don't want to. And she's like, it's okay, you don't have to. And she sorted the first one. And they ask, you know, what's your name, where are you from, and what house do you think you belong in? And the one that we saw, each of the kids knew what house they thought they were in, and they got sorted into the houses that they said. The one yeah. when, when Scott they, and I were there,
2: nobody
1: had any idea.
0: The kids didn't know, and they just sorted them into. Right, they
1: have the a houses. button thing, and yeah, we saw it, mm. how it worked. Right.
2: And there was it one was- kid who wasn't one of the ones sorted, but somebody who was also standing in the crowd said he knew for sure what they were going to do next because they'd gone through a Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Gryffindor. And so he assumed that the next one was going to be sorted into Slytherin, but then it was Hufflepuff again. Yeah,
1: so. we had two Hufflepuffs. I'm impressed that your kids knew the names because every time that I went, the kids went, I want to be in the house that Draco was in.
0: <laughs> uh huh. And my nephew was one of you the know, ones I- that got sorted, and he very proudly proclaimed that he was a Hufflepuff and warmed my little Hufflepuff heart.
2: <laughs> my scarf did get noticed a little bit, but that's good. They didn't have to sort me because I already had it. So you know, yes. Yeah. And as we were walking past into the Portrait Gallery, the woman with the Sorting Hat greeted Ray Siv as a fellow Slytherin. So yes. there
0: you go. That was kind of neat. She singled her out and said, "You know, greetings." <laughs> so that was cool.
3: Was Ray wearing her Slytherin shirt?
0: She had her yeah. Slytherin shirt on. Yes.
1: I got quizzed because of what I was wearing. Which was? I was wearing my Remus Lupin "Make Love, Not Horcruxes" shirt. <laughs> And this was before movie 7.1 came out. So the woman in the starting hat called me up above another little kid who looked
3: disappointed. And that like, was before Half Blood Prince came out. Because I, I was going to go see Half Blood Prince at the IMAX while I was there, and I decided not to.
1: So first she asked me my name, and, you know, I was from Chicago, and, and she's like, What's your house? And I was like, I'm a Hufflepuff. And you could tell the little kids got that like blank look, like, what the hell
4: is a Hufflepuff?
1: <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this is fun because I'm, you know, I had gone with my muggle friends that time. They're just like, yeah, we don't know her, she's a nerd. <laughs> 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 no, they, I mean, they love me, but it was just kind of a funny moment that, you know, but before she would sort me into Hufflepuff, she grilled me on like, what was a horror croc, and why were they important, and blah blah, and she's like, seriously, ask me a harder question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't get quizzes. Apparently, at the Seattle one, it had to be a particular person who was working the line on the way in to get the quiz that Sue got. Well,
1: um, they got to know me. Kind of unfortunate. I went four times. I mean, they all like, oh, there's the girl that obviously loves Harry Potter way too much. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was $18 to go past APM. Like, how can I pass that up? Ah, Yeah, pretty good. good. So so I got started in Hufflepuff, and I was very proud of myself and slightly like, yeah, seriously. The person who sorted me was, uh, because I said Voldemort. She was like, we do not say his name. I'm like, Book 7 already came out. Voldemort's dead. It's okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm with the DA. I say his name.
2: (laughs) At least she was in character.
0: I tried to get her out of character so much. Yeah, So then we walked down the corridor that had the movie posters on it to almost a round room that had, like Mm -hmm. what you said was windows, it looked almost more like posters inside. Yeah,
3: that's what they were on ours.
0: That were actually movie screens or TV screens. It Mm. it started off with movie clips.
2: Yeah, I don't remember seeing anything as if you were inside the train. It was all just clips of the train. Yeah, this was just a room. Then you sort of went around the corner, and that's where they had the little the picture of the Hogwarts Express.
0: Actually, rose. You don't see we did it. yeah watching it.
3: But. Yeah, it actually does come up because the Hogwarts Express is behind a wall. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And I have to say, the Hogwarts Express was the one thing that I actually was tempted to touch so much. Okay. I so wanted to just like rub it and be like, I want to go to Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> Only they
0: had somebody standing right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. was. Come, come on. I kept waiting for
0: her to, like, go away, but she wouldn't. And when we went the first time, it was snowing when we got there. Oh! And so we walked through, and I literally had fake snowflakes on my shirt jacket for about a week, maybe two afterwards. I would have loved that. And I was going to save it, and I thought, oh, well, it's okay. I'll get it when I go back with Scott. And it was not snowing when I went with Scott. Um, So I didn't save any of it. And I was really disappointed. Sad. (laughs) But, yeah, we walked through snow to get out to the Hogwarts Express.
1: So then, at least in Chicago, you walk toward the Hogwarts Express, and then you turn right, and then there are the portraits that you see in Hogwarts in the films. And the fat
3: lady, mm-hmm. so
1: the, the original fat
3: lady. You walk mm-hmm. through the portrait because uh, they, they had didn't it swung that. back, and you could walk through yes. where the portrait was. The oh, frame. Yeah. No, we didn't
0: we had have the
2: that. second fat lady, and she her was screaming glass? and breaking yes, that, the wine glass. That but was the her. The wine wasn't there. <laughs> they had the screaming, and then you could see her break wine glass and her mouth moved to say oh, "just my voice," but they don't have the sound of that. No. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> so it just loops on the screaming the whole time.
1: We had that too, but we had the. No, the, the one that went,
0: password. Oh, yeah, <laughs> been- we didn't have password. That would have been cool.
1: It was pretty epic because they timed it so as the group walked through, the first time that I went, she went, password. i was like, Yee!
0: <laughs> And did you say a
1: password? I really wanted to, but I was kind of like, oh, my God, it's Harry Potter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Captain Curtis. <Recorders. laughs>
1: yeah. I should have shouted, out." <laughs> <laughs>
2: And there's a portrait somewhere on the wall that another podcast decided must be a Snape ancestor or something. You could yep. sort of see where they get that. He's mostly just a young, dark haired man.
3: It was probably Phineas.
1: It yeah. might have been Phineas Nigellus. I guess. not think I had Phineas'
2: name on I don't think, I think any of the actually had names. Given.
3: No, they didn't.
1: They didn't have names, so...
2: Mm-hmm. So you can make up who you want them to be, I guess. There you go. Yep. The best ones were the really subtle ones. They yeah, the want... ones
3: that didn't move for a really long time and then, like, would scratch their nose and be like, whoa. <laughs> or, yeah, or their eyes would just move and you'd go, what, did that happen? Yeah, or, they would just, or there's like, a fellow sleep.
2: who's just sort of sleeping in his chair. Because yeah. the other ones, they have to make them loop somewhere, but it's hard to do that and not have it become repetitive and obvious.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the times that I went, I spent about 20 minutes in just the portraits just, like, staring at them.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm actually looking at a picture of them now. The Snape ancestor one, of course, is hidden under some coins, so I can't really see that one. But he was sitting in a chair and looking at a book, if I recall it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And then you came upon Neville's clothes. Mm-hmm. And-
2: that was the first thing on our... His was on the left, I think, and... I can't remember what was across from that.
1: In Chicago, it was the Gryffindor Bedroom. No. In this one, it's
0: just like a corridor, and then right across from it was another movie picture. Okay. So Mm -hmm. clips from the movie.
3: One of the first things that we saw on the right as we came around the corner from where the Hogwarts Express was and just past the fat lady who was on the left was the Howler. That Mm -hmm. was one of the first audio clips that I listened to. And it was about how the Howler, the person who designed it, did origami and wanted it to look like it was an origami piece. And how it was folded and it was the actual Howler, obviously, pre-shredding itself, was in the case. So I thought that was really cool.
1: The Howler was the first time that I really realized that such detail was put into this series of movies. The Howler is like 15 seconds of a clip. And yet, the actual physical object is like intricate details that could never be repeated.
2: it's like me, layers of daily profit, layers of There's paper and the colors so much and everything. In those, oh, yeah. They print the entire thing, and if you actually, it's kind of hard to read the font they use for the articles. But if you peer at it, it is saying the things that you would expect it to say, and all of that.
3: Further in, speaking of print, we actually did see an owl. One of the OWLS, and then oh, I had remember
4: questions, yes. mm-hmm.
3: and it was like, "I know the answer to this one. I know the answer to this one, <laughs> <I know> too."
2: <laughs> yeah, I think we had that somewhere, but I can't remember. Yeah, where. it was
3: further in. It was, the, I would say, it was probably a good hour was- after I got there that I saw that one.
1: <laughs> like very near the end, it's in yeah. the last room.
2: I can't remember for sure if we did see that, but yeah. I remember we saw Lockhart's quiz.
1: Right. I love
2: Lockhart's yes, Quiz. Lockhart's
1: Quiz. That one, I would have failed.
3: Well, I think the thing that really got me when I was wandering in, besides the fact that I was having to avoid a teenager most of the time, the thing that really got me was Umbridge's office and the writing desk that Dan sat at to you know, have Harry write the lines. And they had the writing desk and they had the blood quill yeah. and they had some parchment that he had written on. You know, I must not tell lies, and it was like two feet away. It was encased in plexiglass so that nobody would finger it, but it was like wow, it was that, and the size of the clothes. These are children, tiny. Mm-hmm. They oh, they were so, so small.
2: <laughs> His little so red sweater, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yes, the red sweater and the and the corduroys. It was like, oh my god, these are teeny weeny clothes. <laughs> Right.
2: And it was even more fun because last week or so, my parents and I watched the first two movies. And <laughs> they were so small. There they were. It's like, oh, he's wearing the sweater again. Yeah.
1: There, I mean, and I teach Sunday school to 11 to 13-year-olds. Like, I know how tiny these kids are compared to... I'm getting high schoolers now who I taught four years ago who are twice my size and they laugh at me and... You know, in in good humor, but I know, like logically, that they're that small. But still, every time I see the first movie, it's just like, how did you go from that to that? That's there's no way. Like it just, it's so weird to go back in time. So I don't really
2: get that watching the movies, but it definitely actually being there and looking at the costumes. These were I short people. I think because it's
1: on the screen, and movies just kind of take you. I mean, for me, you especially have close-ups these and all of that. Well, but I mean, especially these movies, just I get encased into the story and I just kind of don't think about this stuff until it's right in front of my face that, you know, this teeny tiny outfit once fit Dan Redcliffe. Right. Well,
3: yeah. and, and I think Scott's right because you don't realize your sense of perspective is skewed because you're surrounded by small people. They're little people.
2: <laughs> but when You're you look their at their head level.
3: That's right. But when you look at the costumes I mean, you looked at Hermione's ball gown from mm-hmm. Goblet of Fire, so tiny. and it's like you can almost, I mean, I could put my hands around her waist and touch my fingers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so small, yeah. you know, and yes, I understand that she's a slight girl, but oh, my gosh, she was so little. <laughs>
0: yeah, Bella's is like that, too.
1: Oh my gosh. I do have to say about the portion of the exhibit that featured Madame Umbridge's cat plates and stuff. I did not spend any time at all in that area because it was in Chicago, at least, directly across from the clown Jack of the Box. Yes. And I am terrified of that thing. So I would just, I, every single I time was, I went, I would just run past it and just be like, I'm going to go away now.
3: I was really interested in, and of course, this is me being a textile, you know. I was interested in the outfits that she had that were all of the Chanel type Mm -hmm. outfits. Those were all handmade and and hand knitted. And the one that I had, (laughs) I got in trouble for because I swear I was not touching it. It was Trelawney's big bulky sweater. Mm -hmm. her duster that she wore that was knitted and hung down to her knees Mm -hmm. and let's just say that I was close enough to get a good whiff of what the fabric smelled like (laughs) because somebody came over and tapped me on the shoulder because I was leaning over it so much that I was like nose to nose with the fabric i wanted to see how it had been constructed and what the layers were and how they made it with the way they looked the costume design really interested me a lot on the costumes
1: all oh, the fabric um, design period just the detail like the chudley cannons bedspread on ron's four poster i mean it's so molly weasley and so i mean
3: well it was a patch they were all squares that had been sewn together
1: uh, did, I do confess. Quilt. Now that it's a year and a half later, I did touch the children's <laughs> bedspread. <laughs> oh.
2: No, I, I liked the... <laughs> the star-spangled curtains. That would be so fun to sleep inside.
3: Oh, and, and oh they were awesome. awesome. So the, if you noticed, and I don't know if you noticed this, but all of the beds are numbered
2: mm-hmm. in the front. I don't think I did.
3: Yeah, they were numbered on the end, right at the top, and I'm trying to remember. it was like. Number twenty-four and twenty-five that were Harry and Ron's beds, and because they were yeah, Ro- Roman I'm, numerals, I'm
0: staring at it right now, but I don't do Roman numerals.
2: So.
3: Yeah, they had Roman numerals right across the end of the so bed, and they were X, probably
2: yeah. X is ten, I yeah. is one, V is five. It looks right? like a G,
0: but I'm in very low light.
2: It's not a. It's not a G.
0: It's circular. It, Whatever this is, X it might, might be a, be a C. C. So the C is 15, X11 maybe. CXX11. One, one. That
1: doesn't matter. That would be
2: 122.
1: Yeah. Yeah. C is 100. I I need better light. The
0: magnifying glass.
3: I don't think they were into the hundreds. I think they were in the 20s. But uh, anyway, they were banged up. And from what I understand, they got those beds from a boarding school. They wanted <laughs> them to look distressed, and they were.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, again, the amount of detail that went into every part of the realism just hits you when you walk through this exhibit. Well,
3: and I don't know if it's so much that, but if you can get something that is used in a real boarding school that you don't have to build yourself, that you can get for pennies, they'll do it. I mean,
0: <laughs> it just, yeah, but even, I mean that was the thing that I came away from was the amount of detail that went into every little detail Oh, yeah. Mostly
2: Mm -hmm. the costumes. Yeah, Yeah, definitely the costumes, but a lot of other stuff, too.
1: Even, like, Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. They had Mm a little, I mean, I I squeed, like, several times.
2: (laughs) I suppose we're not doing a great job of describing everything that goes in. They have a lot of these sections that are basically based around a character. And they'll have one of their costumes and a lot of their props that are connected with them. Like Neville has the remember all. Harry has his desk shoes. and the various totally. things that are on the desk beside his bed. Uh, things like I, that.
1: I did love the fact that Neville had his shoes from the fourth movie. the dance Yeah, they shoes. were they were yes. there.
3: Not only would they have individual sections for people, but they would have like the ball from Goblet of Fire and they had one of the tables and the crystal and the ice place settings and they had Harry's dress robes and Hermione's gown and Ron's dress robes. Mm-hmm. and yeah. you know That was
2: a little later when they started getting into the later yeah. movies. Shall we, um, they, they sort of go generally in order. Like They start yes. with a lot of things that were used in Sorcerer's Stone. Mm-hmm. And as you move on, you get to things that were in Chamber of Secrets and etc.
1: And we then they start secret? getting
2: the theme areas like Hagrid's yeah. Hut and... The ball and the the graveyard and yeah. Oh,
1: did did you sit in Hagrid's chair? Did you guys get to? I did. Yes, Yes.
2: I fell over. I think everybody did.
1: I felt like Hermione in the first book, where it was described as like she was this like teeny tiny girl. I'm like, (laughs)
0: I'm
1: 11 years old again. Thing that I
0: absolutely
3: loved was everybody's wand.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Those were great fun.
3: They were missing one when Mm -hmm. I went.
2: Sirius doesn't have a wand.
3: They didn't have Dumbledore's did. wand there. And the reason oh, they didn't... We did. The reason yeah. they didn't have Dumbledore's wand there is because they needed it on the set. Right.
1: Because
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. they were shooting. And they needed the one that was at the exhibit for...
1: The Elder one. Definitely, Hallows. Hallows. I, I definitely... Like, I was... Apparently, I had gone during times when only the movie fans were going because... When I saw the wand, and I started going, the elder wand, the elder wand, the elder wand. They were like, what? I'm like, what are you, what are read, you read the book. About? Read the book. Come on. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. It is revealed in the audio commentary. If you do the audio commentary for Dumbledore's wand, mm-hmm. it talks about how important it is and then eventually actually mentions the phrase the elder wand.
0: Yeah, it's like right. the last thing it says.
1: Yeah, but no one's, you know, the moviegoers are going to go, oh, it's called the Elder Wand, like, whatever. Like, they're not going to... They don't get it. It's, I freaked out so they many They wouldn't times. have
3: known what it was at that point anyway because Half-Blood Prince hadn't even been out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I mean... We saw the potions class, and they had mm-hmm. Slughorn and Snape's clothing and all these wonderful
2: The beakers and wonderful and things. things. Yeah, I love all sorts of great stuff.
3: Yeah. Snape's black robes was like... Yeah. Oh, and wow. Yeah, that from- was
2: interesting that they're actually almost purple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Speaking well, of the way they lit things. That it
3: and work. speaking of costumes, and I'm sure you noticed we're out of order again here, but they had Voldemort's mm, robes. The cauldron robes. From the cauldron, right. and they were green. They're light green.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and they're they so of- entirely thin because His they were just float so much, Call them the Moo Moo Man. When they are completely drenched and dimly lit, they look look black. Black.
3: Right. And apparently the robes that he was in when they were shooting the very end of Order of the Phoenix, those robes are green too. They're forest green. Mm. Right. And the way that the lighting is from what I understand, where we see Dumbledore and Voldemort battling and Harry is back behind Dumbledore, all those bricks from the Ministry of Magic, they're all greenish too.
1: Well, the entire Ministry—if you remember Part One—if you look really closely, the entire Ministry is green. Even the yeah. the like the banners and you know the fires green. It's almost like an emerald city.
4: Yeah. Right?
2: it's the same thing they did in the Matrix, kind of. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. get that slightly unreal cast. I don't know how to describe what the feeling is that they're going for, but so you know, the ministry is not entirely on your side, kind of thing.
3: Right.
1: Not everything is as it appears to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Diane
0: from Spellcast wanted to know how many buttons were on Snape's sleeve. <laughs> and she did actually reach out and move them and did actually get caught. <laughs> oops. 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 Um, <laughs> Because they were, I think she was with Rachel from Snapecast, so they were really squeeing over Snape's robes. <laughs>
1: yeah. mm-hmm. They, I mean, it, they really captured the whole Snape is bat-like. You know, that was just awesome to be like, these huge yeah. flowing robes, and...
2: That was one of the swallowed. things I read in the film Wizardy book that I got for Christmas,
1: mm-hmm.
2: is Somebody came up with those robes for the first movie, and when they got various new people in as they went on through the movies, they sort of went, "No, those are perfect. Just, just keep those. We're just, we're going with those." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, Mom had a lot of fun with the various shoes yeah, and the differences there, because Snape's mentioned. shoes are very scuffed and worn, and he wears them all the time. And Slughorn's shoes are worn also, but in a different way. They're meant to be fancy, but he's had them for a while. And then there's Lockhart, who has six pairs of shoes, and they're all absolutely immaculate, mm-hmm. because it's Lockhart. And, you yeah. know.
1: Were Lupin's shoes there? I seem to remember the old brown scuffs, yes. mm-hmm. like old, yeah. yeah. faster. And that sort of reminded me of, you know... Didn't they have his traveling case there, too? Yeah, they did. Because my dad is a professor, and it so reminded me of a pair of his shoes that he has that are old and brown and extremely scuffed, and it just kind of gave me a moment.
3: One of the things that made me stand and gape for a while, those of you who know me and have listened to me before know that I am a knitter. and. One of the things that I have been working on for the past couple of years is doing a reconstruction of one of the sweaters that Dan wore in the first movie. And I'm walking around the exhibit and I came around the corner and there's a glass case. You actually walked into a room that had the Quidditch stuff. It had Draco's broom, Harry's Nimbus 2000, and the quaffle and the bludger and the snitch and the chest that they carried out. Onto the Mm -hmm. field and I was almost in tears because that scene was where he wore the sweater. I mean, you see it all of a minute and a half or two minutes on the screen. Mm -hmm. And I wanted a copy of that. And here were the props from that scene that had ate my brain for, you know, two years. And it was just like,
2: wow. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I have to say, um, now that we're on Sean Biggerstaff slash Oliver Wood, somebody who clearly was not that big of a fan, but thought it was cool. I was actually looking at Cedric Diggory, like the Hufflepuff that I am, and somebody went, Mom, look, Sean Biggerstaff! <laughs> and she was like 20, and it's just like, he. <laughs> that joke is so old.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And in that particular area were the tickets for the World Cup.
1: Mm-hmm. Scarfs from Bulgaria. and You got to play Quidditch, which was fun. Yes.
2: You mm-hmm. got to be chasers and throw the quaffle, real leather quaffle, through one of the three hoops.
1: Well, and had some
3: of the costumes that were in there were the Quidditch. The World uh, Cup. Not from the World Cup, but Ron's... Keeper mm-hmm. gear. Bronze pads. <laughs> that was From awesome. the movie that we had just seen that had well, just, that just opened six weeks before. When I saw it in, in August, the movie had been out for six yeah. weeks. So these were items that I had just seen on the screen a few weeks before. So it was kind of, that was really cool. But
1: when I went, I hadn't seen the film yet the first time. I was plotting over that stuff like, oh my god, this is gonna be a movie! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah,
0: because it has Draco's and
1: Cedric's
0: yeah. Yes.
2: That was one of the best areas actually. In Seattle. You went down the gallery to start with and you saw these various bits and you saw Neville's things and Harry's things and Ron's things and some of the professors and the potions class. And the then diary. you turn a corner and you went down this great huge ramp that was hung with all the Quidditch banners and then you got into the Tri Wizard tournament costumes and the- Oh yeah the cup. World Cup costumes, and all of those in that area.
0: And that's the tri-wizard. where the Hufflepuff banner was, and we all mm-hmm. touched that.
3: Yes, we did. <laughs> the Wizard Cup was there. That was the one banner
1: of the props. The was too high for me to touch. No,
0: no. It was low enough. We definitely...
2: mm-hmm. It was right on the wall right there as we right, were going down the ramp. Right, there were walls. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> And then... Wait, do we want to touch on Hagrid's hut first? Because that's where it was in Chicago, right by the Quidditch stuff, or I don't know if it was in a different spot. Later. I think okay, it was, it was, it was a little
2: bit later for us. We didn't yeah.
1: touch it later. We went you had- down the Quidditch stuff and then through the
0: Quaffle's and then was Buckbeak in Hagrid's Pumpkin Patch
3: and the kids' costumes,
0: again, very small, very stuffed, and then we mm-hmm. went into Hagrid's hut. So okay. we, it is fairly close.
3: Yeah. Hagrid's hut was actually... In Chicago was before you got to where Buckbeak was because it had like a split rail fence that was a separator between where you were and where Buckbeak was. You had Buckbeak in the same area, I want to say we also had the life-size head model for the horn tail, Mm -hmm. which was incredible. I mean, looking at the detail on that was just, I couldn't believe it.
1: And part of the the set for Hogsmaid?
3: Uh no, that was on the other side. That was behind you when you were standing in front. Where that was,
1: I thought his head was coming out of a hogsmeade building.
3: No, it was coming out of a okay. crate.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh okay.
3: The crate that they were shipped in. Buckbeak's feathers. What they amazing. they they did a, was... a life size version of Buckbeak, and those feathers were hand cut and hand painted.
2: Every single one of them. Mm-hmm. It I was amazing. The amount of work that has to go into that. That's
4: just... yeah.
1: That's weeks of somebody wow. going eight hours a day, sometimes more, just pasting feathers on.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And I swear
0: it looked at me. Me too. I, I stood there for long enough that I was talking to him, and we were you know, <laughs> commuting And yeah, there was no way we could get close enough to touch him. But and that's actually—I—I
3: I, I I did took the picture.
0: Yeah, I, I was close I, enough to.
3: I kind of touched the feathers on Buckbeak. <laughs>
1: I didn't touch it. I got close enough that I could have, but I chose not to.
3: Good for you. I was good. I only did a couple.
1: <laughs> I did a couple later.
3: so. Yeah. And I had my cell phone with me and I was tweeting, I'm sitting outside Hagrid's hut right now.
0: <laughs> See,
3: they <laughs> not let us have cell phones at all. As long as I wasn't using it as a camera, I wasn't holding it in front of me like I'm not taking pictures. Yeah. I was texting on it. <laughs>
1: And people snuck photos like that. There was at least a hundred online right after. There wasn't anything
3: around me. I was sitting on the bench outside of his hut. There's yeah. nothing there except me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yep. Scott sat on that bench too.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: That was right after we threw the cloth.
2: Something we haven't mentioned is that going through all of these areas, they have at least one screen in each one that's playing vaguely relevant scenes from the movie, like near Neville's clothing, they have clips of Neville and things like that. It wasn't always as well correlated with the stuff that was around it. Like I think they had clips of McGonagall that were in near something else, and they'd gotten a bit confused there, but...
1: Usually, I think it was a very good balance between the fans who could ignore the videos and the people who just watched the movies who would see the connection. Mm -hmm. I don't
3: remember the videos.
1: I vaguely remember just passing it and seeing that it was going on, but I wasn't paying attention to it.
2: A lot of the times, the benches that I could sit down on would be under one of those. I see. Throwing the quaffle was fun, though. I did yes. actually score a couple times.
0: Uh, and pulling the mandrakes. It was hard the, to do uh, it mandrakes.
2: crossways, so you can imagine how they would have to do it while moving on a broom. But when you were standing directly in front of one, you could.
1: Pulling the mandrakes was my way of ignoring the clown.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that I thing messed up with the clown. You did because
0: we were talking about various things as we were going through, and when I saw the clown, my brain went to Weasley's Wizarding Weasleys, and the clown uh, was up there. And I said, oh, no, that's the clown from Louisa. So my brother said, no, that's the clown from yeah,
3: Boggart. Yeah, the Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right.
2: One thing that we had that I think a number of other places didn't, I don't know about Chicago, is the wardrobe that the Bogart came out of.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah, had that, had too. It was great fun. They had that. I have to say, though, for people who have not been to see this movie... I'm five foot two. This thing is like twice my height. Mm-hmm. It's got these like huge, ha- like these hands the size of dinner plates. I
2: would not I really go wonder do this what thing. Pravati was thinking. <laughs> How is this well, less scary it's, than? It's, it's, well, I it's, guess it's less scary than a cobra, but it's not less scary than much else. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's funny because. I buy the riff tracks, which are for people who don't know what riff tracks are. The guys who did Mystery Science 3000, they are now doing the popular movies. For like $2, you can buy the commentary. So I watched Prisoner of Azkaban, which I hate as a movie by itself, with the commentary. And I think it's hilarious. But the line that they said is, Oh, but she totally failed! She summoned something from the depths of hell itself! (laughs) (laughs) You know, I guess
3: I'm one of those really strange people... I don't have a fear of clowns. No,
1: I don't
2: either. I don't really have a fear of clowns either. Like, both of my uncles are clowns. But that is a particularly creepy specimen, for one thing. Well, yes. it's It's designed by the people who are making the movie to remind harry and remind remus of voldemort so that remus will go oh no he's about to conjure up voldemort and leap in between but as an actual segment of the plot from the book you sort of go how is this making a snake less scary it has nothing to do with the snake well Uh, i think
3: it was the size that was the problem
2: yeah I mean, if, if that were, thing was two feet tall, you were tall, looking it would
3: be at a, a Jack in the Box that was eight inches tall. You wouldn't be scared of it, mm-hmm. no. yeah. But the snake was not that small.
1: <laughs> I would like to say I'm not really scared of them. It's just they give me the heebie-jeebies. They're weird. <clears throat> then our next kind of area was the Forbidden Forest. Yes. And they have this
0: set up in the photo book because I'm going through the photo book as we're doing this, so we don't forget things. In the photo book, they have the Hungarian. Hungarian. Yeah, I can talk. <laughs> the Hungarian Hortail, and then right outside of it is the baby Thestral, and that's yep. not the way it was set up where we were. We saw no. the Thestral first, and then the centaurs, and then kind of on the opposite side was the dragon and the spider.
2: Go, I the think spider. the dragon was... Did they actually put the dragon close to the Triwizard Tournament stuff, or am I making that up?
0: No, you're making that up.
3: I think it was because of the size they had it with, like I said, Mm Buckbeak. I don't remember the Thestral.
1: If I remember correctly, I remember the Thestral. On one side of Hagrid's hut was Buckbeak, if I recall. And on the other side, there were like crows and things with Buckbeak. And then on the other side was the dragon, and then... Aragog, and then a little further on was the Thestral.
3: Yeah, I don't remember okay. the Thestral.
2: They didn't have them in the same order, but it was in generally the same area that yeah. they put them, just because the they're Thestral, all large models, I guess.
1: They did not light the Thestral well, I thought, because he was in, like, really dark shadow, which is good for the like, characterization of Thestrals, but at the same time, you couldn't see him unless you were looking for him.
2: Mm. Or- Ours was much better lit then. Yeah, yeah he could I came up with the theory as we were going that uh, obviously the baby Thestrals must not be invisible yet, because there is one, but (laughs) I don't think it really works in canon, but you know.
0: (laughs) It was a good working theory. Yeah. I really liked the
2: I figured what they should have done was put the baby Thestral and then put a giant space next to it where the adult Thestral would be, because it's invisible. But no, they didn't do
3: that. Or they could have set up a hologram and had it fade in and out.
1: That would have been awesome. <laughs> the centaurs, I mean, of course, the human part was, it looked fake, because they had real actors to play the human half, but it was pretty awesome yeah. to see, like, how detailed the transition was. The pelt,
0: I just thought that the pelt was amazing. Even on the human body part, it had that really thin layer of air, mm-hmm. and you just wanted to touch it, you wanted to pet it. Which they would have absolutely hated, oh, yeah. and we'd have been in big trouble. But yeah, yeah, I, I just, would have, been I, uh, I right
3: have to disagree with something. Yes, I don't remember them using humans. The Those films? were CGI. Oh, they were CGI okay. because they created a model so that they could animate it, just like they did when we saw the models of Dobby and Creature.
1: CGI wasn't good back then. That they could get the those, those faces
3: does. that we saw in the first movie, those were CGI.
1: But they got humans to model it.
3: Yeah, they got I'm humans sure to model it. That's but,
1: what I'm saying. That's, but you the, know, they
3: didn't have humans yeah, acting it, it all, it 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 in it. Of course, it
2: looked much no, more not, realistic saying, when it's moving.
1: I, I was saying that but they like, didn't put much effort into the human part of the model because they had humans to model for the CGI. Never mind. <laughs> 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 and then we had Aragog. <laughs> Aragog, the spider. <sighs>
2: <laughs> and that was one of the things that was interesting from reading in my book because it has a lot of bits where the actors and the production team and such write to you about things and apparently they had this model and that was actually there and articulated and moving around when they were acting in that scene so it made it a lot easier for them to be responding to that
1: that way wait, 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 wait. that was just an acromantula, all right that was an aragog because that was tiny. That was like...
2: Well, what I was just talking about was Aragog. They had a model of Aragog they were responding to. I can't remember for sure whether the one that we saw was. So
1: I know for a fact that the one in Chicago is not Aragog, because the one in Chicago was about maybe the size of a table. It wasn't the size of a car at all.
0: Right. And it does say in the book that it is a member of Aragog's family. Okay. So the one that we saw was probably not supposed to be Aragog.
2: I can imagine that though going on set and having that there.
1: It was cool, like to me. I'm currently reading a fanfic where Harry goes to another universe, <laughs> and you get, like he he explains to the alternate Ron that they went and saw the acromantulas, and Ron just hears spiders the size of Buicks and like his face just drains. <laughs> yeah. So and, and of then,
2: course there's the uh, the first entry in Fantastic Beasts and where to find them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, uh, Acromatula XXX. XXXXXXXXXXX
3: <laughs> <laughs> And then Ron stopped writing in my book. <laughs> I love those books. So and
0: then we moved on to the Dark Forces,
2: mm-hmm. which were
1: equally cool.
2: And they were in almost a separate little room for them.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. It
2: was a you, different little area. And you went in, and there was a Dementor above the door, which was another thing that looked very weird. It had the same kind of really thin, lightish cloth that Voldemort's cauldron Ropes had, so it really didn't look like you would expect it to look from the movies.
1: The but Dementors. You could see the uh, shape and stuff. The Dementors' mm-hmm. costume was very gauzy. Yeah. And it's actually. It's
2: they it's wanted weird. it to float well. It's weird Uh,
1: because I hate the Dementors in the movie. I think they're stupid. Like, it's... Yeah. But I thought... They should have
2: reused the costume from Voldemort in the forest in the first movie. Because that looks to me like what the Dementors were supposed to look like if you added the hands and stuff.
1: I mean, it was cool. I just don't like the fact that they fly. Like, I mean, I I love... I thought the costume was awesome. And that would have been great if they just did not fly.
2: Yeah, they just used them wrong somebody was misreading a thing
1: it was flowy and like it it felt like something that a dementia would wear but the whole flying thing they lost me on that one
2: and the interesting thing about them is they ended up actually not using that the model and such they started off by building a model because i guess chris columbus likes to use as much physical stuff as possible
1: uh alfonso what's his name
2: Oh Yeah, I guess it would have Albonzo. been Alfonso Cuarón by then. They had a tradition of building models by then anyway. But they had this model and they tried filming it. And what they did was they immersed it in water and filmed it that way. Mm-hmm. They realized after a while that they couldn't repeat anything. They couldn't make it do the motions that they liked again properly. But because they had all this footage of the thing, they took that and gave it to the animators. And that gave them source material to work from. mm
3: mm-hmm. I thought the skeletal makeup of the Dementors was the creepiest thing I'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. Because, and I've said this before, you saw the upper body that was covered with what looked to be mummified skin that didn't cover the rib cage. And then from the rib cage down, you'd follow the spinal column, it went into a pelvis, and that went into a prehensile tail. And that was bone all the way down. And it was like, okay, that is creepy looking.
1: I love that. That was awesome. I just wish they had legs. <sighs> <laughs> that's, that's fairly common. That, I mean, I have a thing for creepy. I don't know why I hate clowns and find this stuff fascinating, but I do. I like spent a good five minutes just staring at that, thinking that would be an awesome job, just to, to design a dementor.
2: It must have been set closer to you guys than to us, because I don't remember actually seeing that much detail on them. Body itself.
0: Its hands were huge. Yeah, that's what I remember was that it had really big hands. And also in this area were Bella's prison costume and it's
1: creature serious. was there.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is the second thing that I touched. Did not it also have
3: Lucius's cloak? Yes.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it did. Okay. His
0: whole cloak and wand costume. And one of yeah. the things—the fur. One of the things that Ray and I noticed when we were there is. He had a wand holster as part of this costume, which I thought was odd, number one, because most of the time his wand was inside his cane. It seemed weird that he would have the holster. Mm-hmm. But if you looked at the holster, there was a ring and then the different straps attached to the ring. But all the parts that attached to the ring were snakeheads. And it was uh, snakeheads oh, that were the ring. And oh, I that was really cool.
1: That's awesome. I did not notice that. This was the part where Sirius's outfit was too, his prison. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the second thing that I touched. (laughs) There weren't any guards around.
4: (laughs) (laughs) They
2: should have dressed them all uh, like the guard at King's Cross Station. That would have been fun.
3: The Dementor and Voldemort's robes in the Chicago exhibit were the last thing you saw before you got to the end. Not when I was there. I'm sorry, maybe I'm remembering it wrong.
1: Because then you go to uh, the heads of house, but you went through, like, the Hufflepuff and the banners, and there are a couple pictures of the ghosts, and then the trophy case, and then you go through the Great Hall exhibit, which has Triwizard, Weasley Wizard, Weezes, food. The ball gowns. The ball gowns, which is Triwizard. Dumbledore, yeah, but we can go on that. But Chicago, it was dark things first, and then the general Hogwarts things. Yeah,
0: it went into that. And somewhere, and I'm not sure where in this order it is, it's after it in the book that I'm looking at, was the chess pieces and Harry's red sweater when he got the Sorcerer's Stone and Quirrell's costume.
1: In Chicago, Harry's costume was at the beginning near the Gryffindor bedroom. And then the giant chest piece in Quirrell's costume was in The Dark Things. Because mm-hmm. it has to do with all the work. It was for us, work. too. Yeah.
2: And, they also had and the headstone.
0: Colin Creevy's wax.
2: Dummy, way. yes. Yeah.
0: When he was frozen after the basilisk.
2: Petrified Colin.
0: Yeah. That was... Except that
2: I noticed, unless I'm remembering wrong, I think the wax double had its eyes open. And in the movie, he didn't.
1: No, he had—he was squinting. I remember yeah, he, he's squinting. Because I'm looking at the picture of it right
0: now, and he is squinting. His one eye is open a little more than the other eye.
2: Okay, I probably noticed that side more or something. Then.
1: What was creepy to me was the audio tour talked about how there were two Hermione Granger casts made, and one was kept with the film, and the other Emma kept. And I was like, oh, that's awkward.
2: I read in the book that Tom wanted to keep his and hide it in his bed at some point or something, but his mother vetoed that. (laughs) In his case, it was a cast made to go with Hagrid, so it's a third smaller than he is. So he thought that was really neat, but his mother just was freaked out by it, so...
1: Uh, It would be kind of cool now because isn't he like a punk rocker and like he's got his hair out and he looks fast. He's like 6'2". That would be pretty awesome to have that now. And like, (laughs) this is how small I was.
3: (laughs) I think you're talking about the wrong thing. Hmm? Tom Felton.
1: Oh. When Hagrid
3: picked him up and carried him not the kid who played Colin Creevy. I
1: didn't see that. The kid
3: who played Colin Creevy is now 6 foot 2 and is a punk rocker with piercings. Yes.
1: Wait wait wait. Tom Felton, he a Gets picked up people? after
3: yeah. Buckbeak attacks him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't so see Robbie that. So Robbie
2: Coltrane had to carry him in the size that would make it, Hagrid look as was large an as It wasn't at the exhibit.
3: Should. Yeah, it wasn't at the exhibit. I was like, what? It's only no. talking, what are you about talking about the model. It's like the model of Katie Bell, which was smaller than life-size. Right. And she kept appearing in different places on the set, like in a chair, or they'd open a door, and she'd fall yeah. out of the door at and mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The audio messed up for a second, and so I was correcting it, and I guess I lost track of the conversation.
2: Mm-hmm. I brought up Tom Felton's double because I read about it in the book. It wasn't actually in the exhibition.
0: Okay. So then we, you kind of go into the Great Hall, but outside the walls of the Great Hall are all the decrees. And I was still looking at Voldemort's robes and things like that, and my brother came up to me and he's like, you're such a smarty pants and know all the middle names. What's Dolores Umbridge's middle name? And I was like, Jane. He's like, <sighs> you knew it <laughs> because it was on all the decrees.
1: <laughs> Hermione Jane Granger, Dolores Jane Umbridge. Yeah, J. Yeah. J.
2: That's one of the neat things about this book. Again, I keep bringing it up, but it has smaller versions of some of the props in it. And one of them is I have about four or five different proclamations, educational decree eighty nine and or twenty nine and eighty two and things like that. We also have the program for both the Quidditch World Cup. And for the UO ball, they had programs for both of them, and you saw those in the exhibit, and there's also versions of them in this book, so mm-hmm. that was neat.
3: So yeah, I guess the... I thought the food in the Great Hall was cool. Oh, mm-hmm. man. They into
2: the Great Hall, and they've set up cases of the resin food that they ended up having to make. Because the very first feast in Sorcerer's Stone, or the first one they filmed, I assume it's the first one, they used real food, but they had to keep filming on it for days and days, and eventually it got really smelly. So they started coming up with this resin food, which is really neat.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll take that break to say, I, I... And now I lost my train of thought, yay! <laughs> <laughs>
2: One of the bits that we didn't get to, that it sounds like was different in Seattle than it was in Chicago, is they had a section for Weasley's Wizard Wheezes, and I don't think for us that was in the Great Hall. That was earlier, that we went past a bunch of the Weasley Wheezes stuff.
1: I spent 20 minutes drilling over that. All these- yeah. Two places. There was some
0: Weasley Wheezes in the Great Hall, kind of across from the food.
2: Mm-hmm. It Around be- the outside.
0: There was another place that had some. Oh, so they I broke it out the box.
1: They had this long case. Yeah, with the Quidditch set and the, and that was across from the food. And I spent a good twenty minutes just staring at that stuff.
3: I was trying to avoid a teenager who was elbowing me out of the way, so I think I missed that part. Uh uh-huh.
2: It's too bad. Because
3: I was trying to get it's away from her. Really, quite her. interesting
2: the way that they did stuff <laughs> for that. They apparently based everything on the sort of fifties trick catalogs that you'd it get was in the, 50- back of it's... magazines and stuff. Send away for the weird glasses that will do whatever you know. And the all, the, all their the advertising books. and such is designed that way. I don't know. And if it's Sue in remembers. bright green and bright orange and yeah.
3: Sue, do you remember the old comic books that had the back covers that were like that?
1: Right. I I remember those. Those were still available in the 90s. hmm
2: Yeah. I remember those. I've had a few of those, but I think they were old when I got them. Like, they were mm-hmm. secondhand.
1: Bazooka so. still does that.
2: It was quite fun.
1: It was, I mean, I love the Weasley twins, and it just captured the whole...
2: That's one of the other things I have to set up from this book, is they have a page where you can punch out the boxes for Skyving Snack Boxes or something, mm-hmm. and fold them up so you have one. So, I will have to do that. Take pictures.
1: I really, really want to. If they made Skyving uh, the, the, the snack boxes, I would totally buy one. <laughs> <laughs> I've had two shots of rum, can you tell? Yes. yes <laughs> only a yes. little. <laughs> uh, yay. I should really hang out right now. <laughs> well,
2: well, we've sorry. only got one more area to do. I'm
1: starting yeah. to embarrass myself, though, because. It's my birthday, so, wee! It's your birthday weekend. Your birthday's not for another Um, day or two. It's two days, whatever. I have class on my birthday, so it's my birthday today.
2: Well, happy podcast birthday, then.
0: Yes, happy birthday.
1: It's so weird, because I think one of my first podcasts was on my birthday last year, and I got drunk on that one. (laughs) Yes, you were very
0: drunk on that one, too. (laughs)
1: Hey, I had two glasses of wine. That's not as much as two shots of vodka or not vodka, well, rum. <laughs> we're
2: way on course. Were the doors to the great hall not amazing? The doors they were. To the great hall were amazing.
1: I didn't see did, them. Did you notice,
3: Scott, that they were only on the one side? They were flat on the back. Ah, uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, it they might were. Be true, because yeah. I went around and looked at the back of them, and they're like, oh, man, they're not patterned on both sides. They're only on one. Yeah. It's kind of interesting
2: that great. the doors themselves are Gryffindor colors because it's designed to look like it was painted red and yeah. then it's almost all worn off to the gold underneath.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I, I miss that. never
2: notice in the movies. And yeah, you go in and they've got the long tables that mostly have the food. And they have one section that's got the Yule Ball food, which was all sort of ice-based. And they've got another section that's more of the regular feast things. But then they also have all the Yule Ball robes and I think two different robes for Dumbledore. I like
3: the acrylic. Everything (laughs) was in acrylic.
1: (laughs) I have to say, Cho's robes were absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. The films don't do them justice. Yeah. Uh, the films kind of don't do anybody's. Dress so. rubs justice, no.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: except, ex- Ron's. except Ron's. Except <laughs> Ron's. yeah. Ron's were full like, out
2: Poor Ron.
1: So I was disappointed. He didn't really sever them at all. So mm-hmm. the lace was fully yeah. out. The, there's something to the shredded lace
2: <laughs> look. Mm-hmm. Personally I disagree with most of the dress robe designs because I don't think that's what they would canonically have looked like but there was a lot of work done on them as well they did really well I
1: making. mean it, most of them don't match up with canon is true and that upset me when they were doing the film but I mean the quality of work that was still there were so really
2: impressive
1: were very impressive and just Chose robes were absolutely gorgeous. Of all the dress robes that were there, I would totally choose hers. Because they were just so much better than the book described.
2: (laughs) I can't really remember what hers looked like. I guess I didn't pay enough attention there.
3: She had the Mandarin collar. It was drawn up on the one side, or fastened up on the shoulder on the one side. Very Asian looking, but very pretty.
2: Mm -hmm. The one thing that I found a little bit odd... Was that they had a section of McGonagall's dress robes inspired by snakeskin? Sort of I thought that was cool. This is yeah. the head of Gryffindor. Why are you putting the snakeskin in her? Well,
0: it was. It I wasn't so like much the snakeskin.
3: It was quilted. It was tuck
2: pointed.
0: It says. Yeah,
2: but when you listen to the audio, they talk yeah, about the snakeskin thing.
0: It says for Professor McGonagall's Yule Ball robes, I found this great fabric that had a zigzag design, and when it pleated, it pleated like a shell, and that made it very snake-like. Yeah. So it was really witchy.
2: Mm-hmm. She's so, going for the witch thing rather than mm-hmm. necessarily thinking of the houses involved. Mm-hmm. Even in the books, it says McGonagall wears emerald green robes as her regular sort of thing. I think we and saw she that writes was, an emerald
3: green. Well, that's
1: very
2: we saw Scottish her sort of her.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: first movie robes at an earlier point, I can't remember where that was.
1: Wasn't she wearing tartan at one point? Yes. <laughs> the books? Her hat.
2: Yeah. In the books, she was wearing it more, yes. Her dressing gown was tartan, but I do remember in the movies, she has a tartan hat.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say it was the one that she was wearing in Prisoner when they went to Hogsmeade. It well, was she cold. was wearing
2: it in the second movie, because we just but- watched that. She I may well her, have worn it in prisoner as well. Yeah. We haven't I watched do. that yet. So.
3: Where was she wearing it in the second movie?
2: Ah, uh, what were it they was, doing? It uh, was
1: Quidditch. Yes, oh, that's why they were outside. I'm oh. yep, Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. When Harry's being chased by the bludger and all of that. Right.
1: Wait, was it when Harry was tra... I thought it was when they cancelled Quidditch.
2: Probably there too, yes. Because they're just about to go to a Quidditch game and then mm-hmm. she cuts them off. I think she was wearing it most of the time she was outside. various right. different.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it makes sense with the ear flaps.
2: Mm -hmm. So yes, I'm very impressed by all the costumes, whether or not they quite match what I think they should. They're very well done, and there's an amazing amount of details in them. And as I said earlier, I really like a lot of the paper design work. Like the fact that they made programs and pennants and all these things for the Quidditch World Cup and all the different things they use for Weasley Wizard Wheezes and the quibbler with the glasses attached to the cover and all of this stuff that you see for seconds in the actual films. But it's all there.
0: Yeah, the detail was just absolutely amazing. Absolutely.
2: And then, well,
3: it has to be, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of they like are doing having a James Bond just, movie and they have a it. backdrop of a bar. You can't have a backdrop of a bar. You
1: have to be <laughs> in a
2: bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's true. They never did show uh, Leaky Cauldron stuff. That's one thing.
1: No, but that, I mean,
2: they probably the Leaky Cauldron the- isn't
1: really a big
2: part. I think the Shrunken Head was there somewhere. Yes, I can't remember it seems where. To
1: but that's not like the cauldron. That's the that bus. wasn't
2: exactly the cauldron. No, that was right before the cauldron. That was the bus. Mm-hmm. And the
1: bar, which oh, was it. stupid. Don't get me started on movie three. I'll, I'll go all night.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've had alcohol. I'm not ever happy with movie three.
2: <laughs> the Great Hall was really neat. Obviously, you didn't get the full effect because they don't have the giant ceiling for it. But that's it,
1: what Orlando is for. Mm-hmm. There you
2: go. None of the actors did either. It was sort of a regular height, and then the ceiling and stuff was doubled by CGI, basically. Right. Although that's one of the interesting things I read, is one of the production designers or something insisted on actually building the floor of the Great Hall out of York stone. Mm-hmm. And now having done the seven movies, they're really glad that they did that, because it's actually stood up, having yeah. masses of people going in and out of it over all these different movies. So. Right.
1: Well,
3: not just masses of people, but equipment and Mm -hmm.
1: cameras and
3: fire and everything else. (laughs) Yeah. My mom, who's not a large
0: Harry Potter fan, um, who goes to the movies with me mostly just to take my nephew and who has read a few of the books again to my nephew, was even impressed by this, you know, because we all went together and I know she went just kind of as a yeah, okay, we will go and take care of your craziness
4: But (laughs) She
0: was genuinely impressed with what she saw and the detail that went into it and just, you know, everything. And Mm -hmm. that was really neat to be able to see her go, okay, I kind of get things now. You know, she's not going to go to a midnight show ever, but she kind of was like, okay, yeah, I get it.
1: So that was kind of neat.
2: I do have to say the mandrakes that you got to pull were a little fake. Because they're okay. very oh, yeah. elastic and they can only very come fake. so far. And but they didn't scream. It was scream interesting out. that the different pots that you pulled them out of had. I think there were three or four different screams that they cycled through. So each pot would have one scream that it had, but there were several different ones.
1: I was hoping for a louder scream than
2: ah. Yeah, well, they don't actually <laughs> want you to it need ear muffs.
1: But I mean, I don't know. It, it would have been yeah. nice if you could hear it like clear across the room, like.
2: Yeah, this is the scream that you hear when you are wearing the earmuffs.
1: (laughs) Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah, there was some screaming going on on the TV sets. But yeah, it wasn't.
2: The and same. Hagrid's Hut was just fun. That was the other. Throwing the I like the dragon the egg
3: on the uh, table that wiggled mm-hmm, back and yes. forth. Mm-hmm.
2: Norbert is almost hatching the entire time you're there. <laughs> right. He, he never quite makes it, but the egg is rocking. It's funny.
0: <laughs> and they yeah. do have that particular area is very heavily incensed. Yes, There's it was smoking a haze that kind of mm-hmm. hangs over the whole room and,
2: and stuff. And like. also, when you get to the sort of dark forces area with the graveyard and all the various things, it's quite differently lit than the rest of the... A lot of green. Exhibit. But those are sort of the three interactive things that you can do, is throw the quaffle, pull the Mandrakes as far as they will be pulled, and mm-hmm. sit in Hagrid's chair. And I did all three of them.
1: Yep. I have to say, the wanted posters for Fenrir Gerbeck and the Caro Twins... I was jumping up and down and kind of squealing <laughs> because I, once again I was the only one in the entire exhibit that knew the significance of these three characters. And I was like,
2: Ooh! "Yeah, that was fun because we still haven't seen the Carrows, so yeah, yeah, that was something." Oh, that no, we we, for all of us. we have,
0: yeah. we have, yeah. we've seen them uh it- Dumbledore's death scene. Right, they were we on the tower. Them,
2: well, okay, I haven't noticed. Them,
1: the um, yeah, we they're saw them much... at the first scene. Voldemort kind of gives them a nod at the first scene of Deathly Hallows. They're there, so yep, they are the, be they're much the,
2: bigger characters in, the in the second half, I expect. Yeah,
1: but I <laughs> well, we'll see them at Hogwarts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Being there before Half Blood Prince came out, so no one knows the little significances of this except for the really big fans these little touches that they put in for the really big fans who know the significance of Fenrir hmm
4: mm-hmm.
1: It just kind of made the experience a little more special.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And I definitely was like, you're all going to go down, and I'm so happy. <laughs> yes. Stop laughing at me.
2: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I agree with you. That's Okay. They also have posters of undesirable number one Mm -hmm. when you get outside the Great Hall.
0: Which would be Harry Potter, not Richard
3: the Rocker. The little big book that brought us together Would never be stopped except by wintry weather We all flock close like birds of a feather The friends I met here are my dearest treasure, yo!
1: <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that would have been, I would have, well, since Undesirable Number 1 did not exist when this exhibit started, that would be impressive. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> mm, they really hired Trelawney. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
1: Then we go into, there are the portraits that applause. It's always a sad moment when you realize that the exhibit is done, and you kind of want to go and do it again.
2: Mm, I had to go around the Great Hall twice because I hadn't listened to all the audio bits that were in there, and I was looking at the food the first time, and then I had to go around the outside. Well,
1: everyone except for Puffuanians thought I was nuts to go four times.
2: Because,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you like my mom kept going, you've seen it already. I'm like, yeah, but I haven't seen it, like, this way. Or I haven't seen it this way. Or I haven't really spent a good deal of time. Like, the first time I was, like, big and just looking at everything. Mm-hmm. Second time I did the audio tour. The third time I spent, I have no idea how long. It must have been, like, at least two hours there. Because two groups went through while I was going through. Like, mm-hmm. I did it at half speed. And then the fourth time I did it at normal speed again. But, I mean...
2: I'm not sure I'd go four, but I would definitely go again.
1: It was it was over the span of like three or four months. But I mean everyone else thought I was crazy and then I would go on the forum and like I am thinking about going again and I was like, Do it yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and what was fun for me was
0: being in line the second time and hearing a voice say, Well, if it's not Sue, I should have known you'd be here.
4: I should have known that you would be here. Professor McGonagall.
0: And running into somebody that I actually grew up with. She was my next-door neighbor when I was a teenager. (laughs) And in California, they live in Washington now. And I have seen her since we moved from California. But we had no idea we'd be there. But it was so funny because she was just like, I should have known that you would be here, you of all people. Mm -hmm. And they had brought their daughter because she's a big Harry Potter fan. And she's fairly young. I'd say she's probably six or seven. So she's just oh. kind of getting into it, but she's really into the movies and things like that. So that was fun to see.
1: I just had a really scary moment. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Now? No, no. <laughs> because I was 10 when they first got really popular. So, I mean, these six and seven, that like kind of freaks me out sometimes. Yeah. Like, I have kids who are just really getting into Harry Potter, and I'm just like, oh, it's the best. It's so awesome. But I forget that, you know, it's been a decade.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're the only group that's going to have to wait, or have had to wait.
1: Yeah, no one else will ever have to do it. You know, I have kids who laugh at me for that and say, you know, ha ha, you had to wait for the books and stuff. I'm like, you don't really understand how that how, what it was like. Mm-hmm. It was so. My generations
3: was Star Wars.
1: Yeah, and my dad talks about that
3: for three years, and we didn't have books to Mm -hmm. tide us over.
1: My dad talks about that, you know, waiting in line because he lived in Pasadena and waiting in line around the block to go see the film. It's it's that you know to be a part of something like that and see it come full circle and to get to see the costumes and the food. Like, no one's going to understand it except for the people who have been fans since the beginning, or at least fans before the seventh book came out, and waiting for that to, you know, that last one to come out. mm mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, I think we've mostly gone through it. After having gone through the Great Hall, of course, you get to the shop, because yeah. they have to have the shop before you can get out. Where but, they charge uh,
1: you lots of money. Mm. I bought many things there. I am ashamed to say. Yes,
2: I actually did not buy anything, but Sue very kindly bought me a copy of the two textbooks because I haven't had those before. You didn't I've have a copy them of the because school my books? Aunt had copies.
1: Really, but, I love yeah. those. Let's see. I bought Herman, who is the owl.
2: Oh yes, um, I was tempted, but
1: I have Errol. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's Errol, but I named him Herman because mm. I have Errol. <laughs> yes,
2: I was tempted uh, by the Great Horned Owl, yeah, but.
1: Hedwig
2: is cool. Yes, Hedwig is very cute. She's almost asleep. The one
1: thing it. that really like I had to walk away from it was the Marauders map. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. wanted that thing. Yeah, but Warner so, Brothers
3: has it online. For half the price. Right.
1: It's the Marauders map. Yes, I know.
3: <laughs> <The Marauders. laughs> I bought a coffee mug that said the Harry Potter exhibition and had the trio on the one side of it. And a DA t-shirt that had all of the signatures from the DA on the back of the shirt. Hmm, I don't and I have, have been that. asked where I got it and how they can get one by I don't know how many people. So I think it's I have funny. the
1: bookmark. I bought the bookmark. I bought the Sirius Black magnet. I bought the Owl Post magnet. Oh, and, and I have the
3: Ravenclaw magnet and keychain.
1: They didn't have those when I was going. But, I mean, yeah. I only buy Hufflepuff. What
0: can I say? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is a huffle?
2: <laughs> I was briefly tempted by the wands as well, but even yeah. though they're really nice, they're still resin, which just doesn't seem right to me, so yeah. I think I'll just make one sometime. I've I, no, I had one issues with
3: things that weren't... The only thing that I got that I don't use is Errol, mm-hmm. and I guess that's just a, if I'm going to spend this amount of money for it, I'm going to want to use it. Right. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. I use my coffee mugs all yeah. the time. And so, uh, Scott got Milo in one of the Harry Potter coffee mugs, if I remember
2: I did indeed. <laughs> so, uh,
0: I did ask. Now, when Scott was there, they were down to only four wands, Scott, or was it five? Do you remember?
2: I think it was four, yeah.
0: They only had four wands, they'd sold out of everything else. When we were there the first time, I want to say they had ten different types of wands. Mm-hmm. My brother got me a wand. He said he would buy me one.
3: So and who'd you get?
0: I ended up with Hermione's.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And Which is he
2: apparently was the one. most popular one.
0: Yeah, I asked what their most popular wand was, and that was the one that they sold the most of. Wow. That was very
2: interesting. I would because have because um... it's the vine wood, and it's got that kind of intriguing pattern on it, mm-hmm. I think.
1: I have to say, if I were ever to get a wand, and eventually someday I will. Just to show my kids how big this was, I would get it from all events, and I would get my birthday wood with dragon heartstring. I think I test all the time as dragon heartstrings. So I would get my birthday wood, and it would be a short wand, of course, because I'm short. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm the second shortest of How tall are you? I'm five
0: foot two. Well, I'm pretty close to you. I might be shorter.
2: We'll see.
1: We'll see. I can't wait.
2: You both got something on Flipwick, though.
0: Definitely rounder than you are.
1: No, yeah. I'm I'm the <laughs> I'm small and tiny before
0: <laughs> But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I did also get a shirt. It's the Harry Potter Exposition shirt. I can't say that word mm-hmm. tonight. I've had Exhibition. Before. Expo. I like to just say expo. expo. I can say that. Um, Exhibit. The HP
1: Expo.
2: Yes, <laughs> Yes, we went around the shop, or I did anyway, a good two times just to look at absolutely everything, including mm-hmm. the time turners and all the various stuff.
3: And the, uh, and the chess Mom set. Mom and Dad and
2: went out and thought they were late, and we'd be out there waiting for them, and <laughs> there was no sign of us. So,
3: yeah.
0: They came back in, and then... Uh, we
3: looked at the wizard chess set, and we looked at the wands
0: and the I, pens yes, the and set.
2: the... I'm always intrigued by chess sets. I don't really play chess that much, but they just make so many neat designs of them.
1: I've played it. I'm horrible at it. Yeah. Absolutely horrible.
2: Maybe I, I only play, play it when I'm, I'm drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you play when you're
3: And then the game goes on forever because we're drunk.
1: <laughs> I used to hang out with people who would play chess all the freaking time, and I would be like, can we please do something else besides play chess? <laughs> Ouch.
4: We're way off
1: course. I was extremely disappointed that they only had Gryffindor and Slytherin things in the gift shop. <laughs> I couldn't buy anything. It was all Gryffindor, and and I like complained to the people. I'm like, seriously, do you work for WB? And they're like, yeah. I'm like I'm pissed because I am not a Gryffindor or so Slytherin. You're catering to the masses who just watch the movies, and not the books.
3: I found Ravenclaw stuff.
1: You're thumping mm-hmm. again. And we did have Hufflepuff scarfs. Fine, yeah, man. but, Sue, so I have a Hufflepuff scarf. I knitted myself a Hufflepuff scarf. I wanted so like like, the t-shirts that said, like, Gryffindor. I wanted one that says Hufflepuff. They don't have them. Yeah, I didn't see t-shirts that said... It pisses me off. That sort of Well, stuff. then
3: you have to complain to Noble or to Warner Brothers, because they're the ones
1: who licensed them. I am always upset with Warner Brothers. What can I say? <laughs> <Warner> <laughs> yes, Brothers they had some stuff
2: Hufflepuff stuff, stuff, but not much. and Not all that much Ravenclaw stuff, either.
3: No, well, they had the same stuff that's available online, plus some other things that were exclusive to the exhibit. They don't have the crest t-shirts like Hermione was wearing. They had the Slytherin ones and they had the Gryffindor ones, but they didn't See, have the other two houses. They weren't ever created. So. Yeah, but
1: don't they realize how many fans would buy it? Like, if they created a Hufflepuff crest t-shirt, I would so buy that. And
3: how many kids in your group knew what the houses were? None I rest them, my
1: case. I'm, look, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, look at the Harry Potter fandom worldwide. A whole bunch mm-hmm. of us are Hufflepuffs. Like, a good third of people who are in the fandom are Hufflepuffs. And maybe a good third of what's remaining are Ravenclaws. They would make so much money if they made more auxiliary stuff. And not to knock Gryffindor and Slytherin, because, you know, those are awesome houses. But at the same time, why do they get all the glory? Because they're in Huff-
3: the movies. -hmm.
1: Mm Cedric Diggory's in the movies. It
2: doesn't matter. So is Justin Finch-Fletchley. He gets knocked out. Yeah,
3: (laughs) yes, is.
2: Mm -hmm. But yes,
3: they don't think
2: that people our age are their target audience. Really, they are, but they don't realize that. So you know,
1: they're crazy. What can I say? They're
2: going by the kids who have just read the books and want to be like Harry and therefore are Gryffindor. Yeah.
1: I did
0: give them a hard time about the non-Hufflepuff stuff in there when I bought mugs with all the house crests on them because they didn't just have a Hufflepuff one. And when I was purchasing them, I gave them a bad time about, you know, you don't have enough Hufflepuff stuff. And they're like, yeah, that's because we're all Slytherins here. Uh, Ah, that's good. They kind of gave it right back to me. But they were really cool. It was mm-hmm. neat to kind of have a dialogue with them. The people at the end weren't as in character at all as no. the people at this. As the
2: sorting. End, as but, the sorting.
0: Yeah. And, and even the people outside, when you were waiting in line, those people were really fun to talk to. And I didn't mm. say this, but while I was waiting for Scott and his family to come upstairs, I had gone over to get the audio tours and I was in full Hufflepuff gear. I mean, it was really easy to tell what I was. And the lady I was talking to said, yeah, it's really interesting because we have people that come up to me all the time and they go, I don't know if I'm a Gryffindor or a Slytherin. And she like looks at him and goes, if you have to ask, you're not a Slytherin. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was really interesting.
3: Yeah. And if you have to ask, you're not a Gryffindor either. That's
1: right. true. And if you have to ask, you're not a Hufflepuff because you do not hug enough.
2: Oh, you don't know. Probably some of the people who don't know if they're Gryffindor or Slytherin are neither and are one of the other two.
1: I'm currently writing a song about how the Sorting Hat screwed us with the line, we'll take the rest, because that just makes everybody think that we're idiots. (laughs) But it's totally not true. I mean, it's all about values, and I'm completely drunk, so what am I saying? (laughs) (laughs)
2: It was definitely a great experience, and if it turns out it's not going somewhere mysterious and impossible to get to, or if you happen to be listening from somewhere that would ordinarily be impossible for us to get to, do go and see it, because it's great fun. It's just
1: I know it's, it's, it's ending experience. in London. That's always been the original plan, that it would start in the States and end in London. Yeah. Well,
3: considering that they're making Levenston a museum, yeah. it'll probably all end up there.
1: Yeah. That
2: makes Leaves in Studios, yeah. Yes. I wonder if they've kept the Great Hall set then. I think they did. Stuff. I
1: believe they did. Yeah. And someday, I actually I know exactly when I will be going, there's a big Harry Potter meetup, if you look on Facebook, in 2017 on September 1st. And we're all going to wear our Hogwarts robes and take pictures at Platform <laughs> 9 and 3 quarters. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That'd be great. Fun.
3: And, and look for Teddy and look for Victoire and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna And look, <laughs> and look for Bron.
1: I, I have to say that it's freaky now to think about it because I have a friend who has bright pink hair and often cosplays as Tonks and her husband and they just celebrated their eight month anniversary, so yay Her husband often cosplays as Lupin, so if in six years they have a kid, (laughs) and they bring the kid to London, that's going to be like, Teddy! (laughs)
0: Aw. Poor little kid, they'll have dyed his
1: hair blue. (laughs) Yes, they would have.
2: He might get a wig, you never know. It was definitely a great time. I'm glad we went. It's too bad some more people couldn't have met up with us, but the actual crowds that there were there were surprising to me being this late. So it would have been a little difficult to go through with a bunch of people anyway.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was just great to see all of these things, especially the costumes, because screen never does justice to costumes. They just can't. So being able to go up and actually look at what was in those. <laughs> you mean? Yeah, from like, you know, half an inch away. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was fun. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, sure, half an inch away. We're going to leave it at that.
2: And I still want Harry's four-poster, except I expect it would have to be a little bit bigger.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but those were tiny. <laughs> tiny, tiny. I never wanted the four-poster beds. Except when I was like six. Mm-hmm. I had I a four-poster I, bed. I don't know how was... it
2: would be as an actual bed. I just, <laughs>
3: I, had a four... I love the curtains. I had a four-poster <laughs> bed until I was 17. Well, you know, with a canopy and -hmm. the whole line.
2: Yeah. Well, there you go. That was another thing that was really neat was the stuff on Harry's bedside table. He had a bunch of props that you never actually see, but you look at them and you go, oh, yeah, Harry would have one of those. It was fun.
0: I have to say that going with my family was really neat. Watching my nephew, who is a Harry Potter fan and a Hufflepuff, go through was really fun. But then going back with Scott and Ray and being with Wizards was a lot of fun as well, because they got it. It wasn't like my brother who came out and said, so do you know Dolores' middle name? Because I knew we all knew it when we were there the second time around. Stuff like that. It would have been really fun to have been with the other wizards that we were hoping to meet up with. But alas, that didn't happen.
1: I went with Muggles once, and three times I went by myself. So I didn't really get that experience. But talking with Kelly kind of gave me that moment the night before she went because there was finally someone who was face-to-face with me who got why I went four times and spent over $100 on this exhibit.
3: And don't get me wrong, I did go and see the rest of the museum while I was
1: there. Oh, <laughs> I so didn't did we. just go for the
3: fun. exhibit. I was at the museum. This was at the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago. Which is I an excellent
1: at- museum besides yeah, the Harry Potter. Oh. I
3: got there at 10 o'clock in the morning and left and drove back to my hotel during rush hour traffic that night. So I was at the museum for almost seven hours, and two of it was in the exhibit.
2: That's why we decided to go up on the Monday and go during the morning so we could have access to the rest of the—in Seattle, it was in the Pacific Science Center, Mm -hmm. sort of underneath the Space Needle, not as close as some things, but in that area. And we just had really good timing, actually, because it was on the second and final day of a model trains exhibit, which is one of my dad's interests. So we just walked in and that happened to be there while we were waiting for Sue and somebody to park the car and things.
3: If you get a chance, Scott, you should go to the Museum of Science and Industry because they have a train circus that is absolutely enormous. And in fact, I have pictures of it from the balcony above. And it takes up the whole room. It's huge.
1: And it's a huge room. It's about the size of, I would say, the the Great Hall. The room has
3: in it, the balcony that I was standing on, has attached to it an airplane, a jet. (laughs) It's the fuselage and a wing that they brought in and disassembled and they reassembled it inside the building. You can actually walk through the fuselage of this airplane and it's that is one side of the balcony that below is the it's, train circus.
1: It's the history of transportation. Yes. So in the front, they have cars and trains. And then in the back, they have this huge train model and like further back into train history. And then from wires in the balcony, they have the Wright Brothers plane and different models of right. planes that they flew in wars and like a Boeing type plane.
3: It's a very long room.
1: I really have to say, like, if any Pooflinian is ever in Chicago, the museum system alone you could spend a week at, mm-hmm. because I've spent a lifetime looking through exhibits, and I still find stuff fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Museums are always neat.
1: Especially if the they have the thing Harry Potter exhibit.
2: In the, yeah. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> The other thing we saw while we were in the science center was Ray wanted to go see the butterflies, which was mm-hmm. absolutely amazing too. Cause they actually have a tropical room where they've kept it at a certain temperature and they get the butterfly chrysalids in from various places. And every hour, every day or something like that, they hatch more butterflies. And so there are always these butterflies going around in this tropical plants. And it's, yeah, yeah that, was that was really, really
0: great really
1: too. Neat. We have a butterfly place attached to our zoo. But, yeah, it's I love the butterfly room whenever I go. Mm-hmm.
0: We have one at our zoo, too, but it's not like this, I don't think. This was amazing. They just had hundreds of butterflies, and they would land on people. And, you know, as you walked in, they said, now be careful where you walk because we don't want you to step on them.
2: Yeah, they're tired today. They're flying low to the ground.
3: <laughs> we have one attached to our science center mm-hmm. here in St. Louis.
2: Yeah, well, it's that's a, what this A butterfly is for conservatory, Scandal, it's the science center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yes, not only is the Harry Potter exhibit a really great experience, but also it keeps being held in really neat places. So mm-hmm. go and see them too. It's I don't fabulous. know if you will have an opportunity, but if you do, especially our overseas listeners, if it does move around to your area, definitely go and see it.
1: And don't touch things, because it will get you yelled at. <laughs>
2: yes, do not follow our example. Or We're, if you bad. Do, do it We're bad. Wait,
1: wait, <laughs>
3: wait. Don't follow Melinda Leo's example and touch everything.
0: <laughs> yes, please don't fondle Harry's things.
1: <laughs> at least she didn't fondle Rowan's things.
0: No, she was only fondling Harry. <laughs> <laughs> so- I (laughs) i think
2: we've got nuts enough for one podcast and we've gone through we haven't covered everything in exhaustive detail but it's really impossible to do that because there's so much i hope this gives you some idea of what it's like and for those of you who have been i hope it brings back what it was like for you This seemed like a good spot to pop back in and let you know that the New York run of the exhibition is taking place from April 5th through September 5th and is being held at a place called Discovery Times Square, which is apparently like a museum, but more. Ticket information will probably be available at their site and for sure at the exhibition site, and that should be all the information you need. So, I'll turn things back over to my past self, and I guess we will say goodnight.
1: Goodnight. Goodnight.
2: Or a good afternoon, or a good day, or, you know, whenever you're listening. And
1: in case we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.
2: (laughs) (laughs) See you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. So hold on to the that Those books brought to our
0: lives Keep each other safe. Keep faith.
4: Good night.